Welcome to Unstyled. I'm your host, Christine Barbrick, co-founder and global editor-in-chief of Refinery29. Each week, I invite a notable person to come in and talk with us as we explore the funny, inspiring, sometimes heartbreaking tales of life, work, and love, as told through the things that we wear. When the Netflix series Orange is the New Black hit our screens in 2013, we knew that something had changed. It wasn't just that this pioneering new show was the first of its kind to communicate the vast experiences of women in prison on the very edge of their own lives. It was that Orange is the New Black portrayed characters in the light of real women, of every size, ethnicity, orientation, and age, something that continues to be a rarity in contemporary entertainment. While the show stars some major talents, it was the character Tasha Jefferson, a.k.a. Tasty, played by the Southern-born Juilliard grad Danielle Brooks, who emerged as the breakout star. And it's not just Orange is the New Black that's driving so much buzz to Brooks. It's her role on Broadway in the recent Tony Award-winning The Color Purple that's made her a bona fide woman to watch. Danielle plays Sophia, the character notably portrayed by Oprah in the film version 31 years ago. Sophia is a determined, strong-willed woman in a world of abuse and racism who refuses to be subdued or to conform to the box society has put her in, much like Danielle herself. In fact, Danielle gets one of the show's most famous musical numbers, a power ballad called Hell No, which is a moving song about fighting to the death for her rights as a woman. On top of all these subversive characters, Danielle is stepping into another powerful role as a body-positive activist. She's launched the popular hashtag Voice of the Curves to spread self-love and help to normalize those, quote, flaws all women have. So not only is the actor living her own dream, but she's inspiring others to seek out theirs too, no matter what size or shape they may be. Hi, Danielle. Hey, Christine. Welcome to Unstyle. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're so happy to have you here. I want to start off by talking, we were on a phone call this morning. You kind of talked a little bit about some of the really important women in your life growing up in South Carolina, correct? Yeah. Yeah, and you talked about your mom and your aunties. I had pretty incredible women in my life, starting with my mother, who is my biggest fan. She is incredible. She's a school teacher, and she's also a minister mm-hmm. at a Baptist church back at home. She was tough on me because she had high expectations. You've been performing since you were little, and I think you performed in church, correct? Yes. Yeah. So do you think that she recognized that you really had an instinct, you had a talent, you had like this desire to to perform in a in a much bigger way? Yeah, I definitely think she was the first person to really realize that talent. I appreciated that she made such an effort to make it a thing to make it happen like she always found some program for me to get involved in some children's theater um you know she's the one who found the governor's school for arts and humanities for me which was a boarding school for high schoolers that were interested in the arts she discovered these places that i was able to explore and and to really be myself because I always got in trouble in school for talking too much, <laughs> like always. Came you, were so- home. you were the social butterfly? Oh, yes. That, that was always was the report me. card term for saying that you were just like really distracting to everybody else. 
That was me, Christine. <laughs> I think that was kind of me, too. But yeah, man, like my mom was just such a big part of helping me find my path when it came to doing what I love. I'm really grateful to her for that. And my father, too. Like he he definitely was there for me, picking me up from auditions or pick me up from from rehearsals and things like that. That's why it was so fun for me when I got to take them to the Tonys this year. And have both my parents there. Were their minds just completely blown? They were. I think they just like, my dad made me so excited because he said, if you get Tony nominated, you got to take me as your date. And so every performance, I was working hard. Like, I got to make sure it's a good one because I got to make sure my dad can be my date. I got to make sure he can be my date. And so when they finally called my name, they were my mother and my dad were the first people that I called. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more Tony nominations for you. But you talked about boarding school and also going to Juilliard, you know, where you met a lot of the people that you work with now, too. But what was it like kind of moving away and going to boarding school and kind of, you know, adapting? My first two years of high school, I went to a normal high school. And it was really awkward for me because for me, I've always been this like, I like knew I had something inside of me, all this personality that was waiting to come out. But when you're in high school, these teenagers just kind of squash it, you know what I mean? Because you get so caught up in like what people think about you and all of this stuff that just pops up in your head. All these insecurities Not just start different. to manifest because you don't want to be different. And so that was a big struggle for me. When I got to transition to this boarding school where I ended up graduating in a class of 99, at this school, everybody got to be themselves. So I found I found a great home in that place. Do you think that that's where, when you felt free, did you, you really decided, like, I'm doing this? It wasn't until my dad took me to see The Color Purple, and I remember sitting in that audience in the balcony and just bawling my eyes out, seeing people that looked like me that were so professional, that were so talented, that were sharing so much of their souls with me. I was so moved to see this whole world of just creativity, of like them bringing Africa to life and them having Nettie and Celie in a tree. My mind was like blown and I was like, I gotta do that. And so that was the moment for me. You're you're filming season five of Orange is the New Black right now, and you're also still performing in The Color Purple simultaneously. Tell us a little bit about what that schedule is like. It sounds incredibly intense, but also really exciting and exhilarating, probably. It really is. It's the beauty of life, you know what I mean? It's like, I just want to eat it all and enjoy it all. And I'm learning how to do that in a way that I can manage and stay healthy and stay rested so that I can give 100% in whatever I'm doing. How are you taking care of yourself? Well, there's definitely the physical bit about it. You know, it's like um, working out. I have you definitely box. been working out boxing, treadmill, been trying to do this like run a mile a day thing that's been really cool for me. That's an awesome goal. Thanks. Yeah, it's been fun too. Like it's challenging because I'm not a runner. You know, I don't consider myself a runner, but it's like at least I'm moving and being active every day. Other than that, it's eating properly, making sure that like, you know, when I came in today asking for fruit and not a bar of chocolate because 
I have to, like, it's, I'm, I've really learned that food is fuel. My part, the way that I've crafted it with the director is very physical role. Yeah. And so to be jumping on Harpo twice a night and, like, I want to be able to do that and still be able to sing without, you know, being tired and then doing Orange, too, you know, so... That's been one thing, the physical aspect, but I definitely think there's a very bigger part that's more important is the spiritual part of it. I've been so, I cannot tell you how amazing it is to be able to do a show that I get to talk to God every night. What does that feel like? It just reminds me of my purpose and why I'm doing this. Like this business is so hard. There's so many people that wish they had at least one job. It could step in my shoe for a day, you know, but people want it, but there's a lot that comes with it. So I think for me, it's important to have a spiritual life. I think also it probably helps your performance when you really feel supported, when you feel like you're connected to something bigger than just the performance. Yeah. And especially if you like when people come to see the show, you're having an experience. It's not just I'm seeing a show and yes, I get to go home and now I'm going to unwind. Like, no, people leave that theater being changed and you know that you had a part in it. And if you're not there and, and really connected to this story, people aren't going to experience that. You know what I mean? And even I feel the same way with Orange. The subjects that we're dealing with this year with Black Lives Matter and with Say Her Name movement and like with incarceration, with transgender, all these issues, mental illness, it does not serve us as a people if we are not invested in this story and come from a, a soul place, a real place. You know what I mean? It's, it's pointless. How has playing the role of Sophia changed you? Sophia's helped me so much because, first of all, there's this big number called Hell No that she sings. And it's basically this song that she sings that is a, a, women, a woman's empowerment song. When I sing that, I think about my journey. And, like, I, didn't, I wasn't raised in a family of abuse. But when I think about the things that I've had to fight for in my life— it's helped me to say hell no to feeling like I can't accomplish things or hell no to feeling like I'm not enough or that whatever I'm going through that day, whether it's a weight thing, a relationship thing, that's just reminded me like, no, Danielle, you can do this and you will do this. <laughs> like, I just appreciate that bit of Sophia and the fact that like you see the strongest character fall. And her wings are broken. The strongest people always fall the hardest, and it takes them the most time to get up. But she rises. Every time that I step on a stage, whatever I'm going through, I don't even want to just say on stage, but whatever I'm going through, it reminds me, like, you can get up. You will be okay. And you can start over. I love acting for that reason. I feel like every character gives you a gift. You're in such a unique position because you are in two of the most diverse casts, you know, right now in theater and in television. You know, it's interesting because it kind of just fell in my lap. I I have, first of all, always kind of been the person to feel like I am more than what people think I am. And I'm capable of more than what you might first see when you look at me. 
And so for me, I've always felt like I can do and play anything. And so when I came into Orange is the New Black, I didn't realize, you know, at the time I just wanted a job. So I was, I felt like really nervous about playing something that I thought might end up being stereotypical. I decided to still take the journey because after speaking to some people, they were like, no, we promise this is not going to be like what you think it's going to be. You don't, you're not necessarily going to play the sassy black woman that's always angry. Like, that's not the thing. I was like, okay, cool. And then I get into this world with these women and I am like blown away at what you're mentioning about how diverse this cast is from race to age to transgender to to sexual preference. And I feel like for me, I am in a position where I can be very selective on the material that I want to be a part of. So it's very important to me that I align myself with projects that are very all-inclusive. That's what my focus is about, is working on material like that, working on Masters of None with Aziz Ansari, working on Girls with Lena Dunham, working with Gingy Cohan, working with In Color Purple with John Doyle directing, who is is not, he's a Scottish dude, you know what I mean? He's not black at all. <laughs> and working with him, and so... For me, that's what I want to focus on in the type of material that I do. I want to make sure that it's some things that people look at and say, damn, I never thought to cast her, but that was brilliant. And I'm so glad they did because I see myself in that girl. And now I can see myself as a superhero or a love interest or whatever that might be. That's what I hope to reach towards in my career. Just from your experiences, do you think that there's a gap between what audiences are wanting, you know, from entertainment and what studio heads are like willing to invest in? Definitely. Tell me about but that. But I think it's starting to shift. I think people are being bold and brave in the executive heads are being bold and brave. Like people at Fox that are doing like Empire and things like that and Shonda Rhimes land. But there are things I still feel that we haven't yet seen. And sharing them with new audiences too. Them. Not just keeping them to white audiences, black audiences, yeah. gay audiences. You started a hashtag last year. Tell us what it is. The story really started because the women in my cast of Orange are incredible and so inspiring. And one in particular is Miss Laverne Cox, who I love. That is my girl. Shout out to we you. We all love her. And she's so about this trans movement, you know, and really reminding people her hashtag trans is beautiful. And so with that, I was like, I need to find my voice. And it was being plus size. And so for me, it was important to give voice to that. And so that's why I came up with Voice of the Curves. And it's been really, really popular. Tons of people are using it now yeah, on Instagram, I love it. which is awesome. Because now everybody feels like they have their own voice. You can, anytime you have a picture where you feeling fly and sexy, or you showing your thighs or your stretch marks or your belly rolls, whatever, and you feeling yourself, you put voice of the curves. That's what it's about. I'm so excited about you working with us with Refinery29 on the 67% project. Yes, I wish everybody could see my face because I'm so excited. I'm so excited too. And um, this is such an important project for us. And it's really not just a project. It's it's really a call to action, a movement. Um, it's really about raising awareness to 67% of the women in the United States identify as plus size and seeing that this is our audience and these are women that we really, really want to feel recognized and supported and, and seen. And we're so excited to have you 
just playing with us in this project. And you're also doing some, you're doing some really amazing work with Lane Bryant and Christian Siriano. Will you tell us about that a little bit? Christian Siriano is so brilliant to me. He works so hard and is so about the woman, you know what I mean? And um, making every woman feel special and beautiful in their clothes and I just applaud him for that because there's so many people out there, designers out there, that just aren't doing it. Why do you think that is? I feel like we as a country are so stuck on this standard of beauty. It's ridiculous. Instead of putting women that are everyday women into these magazines, and I feel like if we did that, if we were all-inclusive, they would still make the same amount of money, if not more. And I think that's really what it is. It's just a beast. The fashion industry is really guilty of this. There's not enough diversity on runways. It's improving very slowly. But I think that there is this standard of beauty that you're talking about that is so impossible and so toxic. And so boring. It's really, really fucking boring. Like, hello, (laughs) we've seen this a hundred times. Like, hello. Like, (laughs) it's boring to me. It's our time. It's yeah. our time. Oh, I love that. I love yeah. that. Danielle Brooks, it's been such a, a thrill and Thanks, an honor to have you on Unstyled. I hope you'll come back. I would love to. When you're not so busy. Yes. When you don't have like 18 jobs back to back. Which I hope kind of never goes away. So I hope we'll just you make too. time. Okay. We'll make time. Bye. Bye. We recorded this episode with Danielle back in September. However, we're sending her loads of heart emojis as today is her last day starring on Broadway in The Color Purple. As you heard in this interview, this was an enormously emotional and pivotal role for Danielle. So please take a screenshot of this podcast. Tag Danielle at DannyBB3, use hashtag Unstyled, and show her some love across social. Congratulations, Danielle. Unstyled loves you. For even more Unstyled extras, check out Refinery29 or my Instagram at Christine Barbrick. You can also join the conversation using the hashtag Unstyled across your social media. And of course, we'd be super grateful if you'd please subscribe to Unstyled on iTunes and rate us while you're there. You can head to refinery29.com to find this episode and more, and make sure to sign up for our exclusive Unstyled newsletter, delivered straight to your inbox every week. Our show today was produced and edited by Elisa Kreisinger, with production assistance from Rebecca Easley for Refinery29. Copy and research support provided by Leela Brilson. Our theme music today is by the artist Koff. Hannes Brown produced our episode music and we recorded Unstyled with Paul Ruist. We will see you back here next Monday for a conversation with Leandra Medine on building a new world empire.